Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to church. It's hot. I don't do heat. I wouldn't be Kiwi if I didn't talk about the heat. It is hot. Throw your hands up if you're a winter person. Woo, these are my people. I don't do 37 degrees, sorry. But the rain is pouring, the skies have opened. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. (sighs) All right. So tonight I have, oh, hear that? Thank you, Lord. Tonight I have the honor of sharing with you some thoughts around suffering and the things I've personally learned in the valley of my own despair. Tonight my hope and prayer is that you will find healing and rest in the arms of your heavenly Father, that you will take home some godly strategies on how to navigate these valleys, that you will not only be encouraged but strengthened as I share with you what God has put on my heart. So let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for everyone uh, seated here tonight, and I thank you, Lord, for every single person who has tuned into the live stream. I pray, Lord, that you open their hearts. I pray, Lord, that they will have ears to hear. Isn't that beautiful? I pray, Lord, that you bless each and every person in your mighty and powerful name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I know that everyone here tonight could probably share their own personal testimony around pain and suffering. It is something that we will all have to navigate at some point in our lives. After all, we live in a fallen world. Heartache and pain come in all different shapes and sizes, from heartbreak to loss, rejection, abandonment, loneliness, health, family, friendships, trauma, abuse, the list goes on and on and on. The sources of our pain can be self-inflicted, pain that is the result of our own poor choices. Sometimes it's the consequence of someone else's poor choice to sometimes being completely uncontrolled and circumstantial. Regardless of the source of our pain, pain is inevitable. We've come to commonly know these painful seasons of life as valleys. And each valley is individually characterized by our own life events and experiences. For this reason, a valley can feel like a lonely place. A place where no one understands the finer details. A place where you can hear the sound of your own heartbeat echo. I know from experience that finding myself having to repeat my story over and over again had me emotionally exhausted. I felt misunderstood. Words of explanation didn't even scratch the surface of what was going on inside. With all of this in mind, it's really easy to see how people very quickly shut down. And even though the initial sting of pain subsides, if we have not dealt with our pain, it will inevitably turn into suffering. Which brings me to my first point. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Suffering can easily become a part of our everyday lives. Quietly, it sits beneath the surface, waiting to be triggered. Suffering can be obvious, but more often than not, it's subtle, like waves slowly chipping away at rocks. When unresolved, emotional trauma and pain can potentially linger for a lifetime. Pain is inevitable, 
but God does not want you to suffer. Pain is seasonal. Suffering is life-consuming. Pain is momentary. Suffering is relentless. Pain is a platform for growth. Suffering stunts your infancy. In Psalm 34:19, it says, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So, how do we journey through pain without allowing it to turn into suffering? In order to do that, we must give up the need to know why. We must understand that only God knows why. When we assume to know why or come up with our own conclusions, we lose track of reality. We are such logical human beings that not knowing why can be such an excruciating, agonizing experience that we feel the need to make that judgment for ourselves, to draw on our own conclusions. This is why they did this. This is why this happened. If only I, then maybe. Or if only they, then maybe. We forget that only God has the right to judge. Only God knows why. Only God knows the heart, the situation, the circumstance. As cliche as it sounds, and I know you've all heard it before, we must let go and let God. Control and God do not go hand in hand. Sometimes this will go against our own logic. I don't know about you, but there have been times that I have felt comfortably justified in my pain and heartache. Now, please do not get me wrong. Feeling pain and heartache is very much a part of our natural human nature. It is when we live there that it gets dangerous. It's when we hold on and we make assumptions as to why that we end up suffering. Our response to pain determines the road to either healing or to suffering. The difference between a person who successfully navigates their way through the valley and the one that drowns is the significance they attach to the event in judgment and how they respond. We have a choice. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. We can either be defined by our pain or refined by our pain. Navigating the valley will be hard work. And sometimes we respond by isolating ourselves and shutting off from the world. This was me. Too proud to ask for help. Too exhausted to help myself. Giving up and giving in seemed like the easiest option. But this is not wisdom. The enemy, he wants to isolate you and drown you in your own suffering. I am so grateful today for all of those people who injected themselves into my life and encouraged me in the valley. (laughs) I have practiced this and not gotten emotional. Why now, Lord? (laughs) Why now? (laughs) Ah. I'm so grateful for those people who spoke life when I felt like death, who reminded me of the mighty God I serve. I learned how important it is to have your brothers and sisters in Christ during these seasons of life, friends that blow oxygen on your embers, family that intercede for you in the spiritual. In order to feel pain but not allow it to take a foothold and cause us to suffer, we must not bottle but heal. 
understand that only God knows why, and respond by reaching out to brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional, which leads me to my second point. His heart aches with yours. In John 11.35, it simply states, Jesus wept. This is one of my most favorite scriptures. And no, not because it's short and it's easy to remember, but because it is packed with complexity. To get a full understanding of how beautiful this verse is, we will start at verse 32. But before we do, a quick summary on what has happened in the lead up to this event. So we have Jesus, and Jesus' friend Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha, his sisters, send word to Jesus, and Jesus states very early in this story, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. So Jesus has made it very clear from the beginning that Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. But Jesus decides to stay where he is for two more days. When he arrives in Bethany, Lazarus is dead and has already been in the tomb for four days. Now let's read John eleven thirty-two to 43. It says, when, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So my question is, why did Jesus weep? Some might say it was because he loved Lazarus and he was sad that he had died. Others might say he regretted not leaving sooner. Why did Jesus weep? Well, when I read John 11 and studied the context to this story, I realized that Jesus wept out of compassion. He wept empathetically. We know this because he clearly stated that Lazarus's sickness was not going to end in death. He knew that Lazarus would die, but he also knew that he would raise Lazarus from the dead. So was Jesus weeping over the death of Lazarus? No. He wept because he felt the pain and heartache of the people he loved. He was moved by compassion. 
overwhelmed with empathy. The God of the universe who spoke creation into being, who conquered death, he wept. He wasn't arrogant or egotistical, knowing that death was no match for him. He put aside all of that and grieved with Mary and Martha because seeing them hurt, hurt him. If this is the case for Mary and Martha, then this is the case for you and I. John 11 shows us the compassion of our Father in the midst of our valleys. And even though he can see the bigger picture, he doesn't write off the weight of our heartache. He aches with us. I grew up in a house that featured the famous Footprints in the Sand poem. Framed beautifully on the wall in my granny's lounge room. As a child, that poem held such significance to me, and it has just as much significance today as a full-grown adult. My childhood was pretty turbulent, and regardless of the fact that I knew God, you know, life had its valleys. And prior to reading this poem, I really could not understand where God was during those tough times. My immature faith had me thinking God had abandoned me. Maybe because I was naughty and I deserved it. Church, Satan is a liar and a deceiver. He will whisper lies in your ears when you are most vulnerable. And in reflection, I can see that now. Footprints in the sand gives us a real true picture of what navigating painful valleys with God looks like. It goes as follows. One night I had a dream. I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord and across the sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand. One belonged to me and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of my life flashed before us, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that many times along the path of my life there was only one set of footprints. I also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in my life. This really bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there is only one set of footprints. I don't understand why in times when I needed you the most, you should leave me. The Lord replied, my precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave, never, never leave you during your times of trial and suffering. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. You may feel as though God has abandoned you. You may feel alone in your valley. You may feel like no matter how much you try to explain, no one fully understands. But I have found that on your knees, in complete surrender, drained of life in a million pieces, is exactly where God will meet you. And just as God brought back the dry bones, oh, sorry, and just as God brought the dry bones back to life in Ezekiel 37, piece by piece, He will restore you and equip you and guide you successfully through your valley. Which leads me to my final point tonight. In him, you are an overcomer. 
Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise Him. Overcoming heartache and pain is a journey. And the world is going to offer you a variety of different options. We can find ourselves caught up in addiction. And I know the uh, vicious cycle well. Sex, alcohol, and drugs offer quick fixes that eventually end in more devastation. I can promise you this. Maybe it's not that extreme. Addiction can present itself in the form of a hobby like the gym or maybe a sport, gaming, social media, work, keeping busy, anything that you are using as a remedy in replacement of God. The problem here is that it is all temporary. And rather than facing and healing from the pain, the world's remedies lead you down a pathway to self-destruction, where inevitably you end up with more wounds than what you originally started with. There is only one remedy, and that comes in the form of Jesus Christ, our Savior. You see, it's in Him we overcome the valley of pain. It's in Him that we find restoration and healing. It's in Him that we find freedom and rest, not in substance, not in people, not in isolation, not in our busyness, not in the world, but in Him. How should we respond? Well, the good news is God equips us for battle. In Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Everyday church, clothe yourself in the armor of God. In Paul's day, when a soldier put on his armor, his helmet was the last thing he put on. Without it, a soldier was so vulnerable that the rest of his armor was of little significance. The helmet protects the soldier against deadly head blows. Spiritually, the helmet of salvation protects the mind of a Christian. Battles are won and lost in the mind. Overcoming pain starts in the mind. Enduring valleys starts in the mind. Being refined and not defined starts in the mind. Remember that you are a child of the living God through the free gift of salvation, that nothing is too big for the God you serve. You were born again as an overcomer the day you gave your heart to Jesus, the victor. You are who he says you are. 
You will be restored. You will walk out of the valley strengthened, empowered, and triumphant. And with your song, you will sing praise to him. You will not be shaken. One day you will look back and you will sing your song. You will tell your story. I stand here today singing my song of praise to him through my testimony. It was in those valleys of pain that I drew closer to God. And he refreshed my soul. In complete surrender, I handed my situation over to him. Against my own logic, I trusted him. Faith. Have the faith of Abraham to step out into the unknown because you trust the God that you serve. Run to the cross. Sit at the foot of the cross. Find rest and wisdom and rehabilitation at the cross. That's where it was all paid for. That's your safe haven. It's in him. Would you be so brave as to lay it all at his feet tonight? He doesn't want you to suffer. He knows it hurts, and he hurts with you. I just invite the band up. You may be facing valleys. You may be in a valley. You may be exhausted from your valley. But know that you have been refined, not defined, that God has equipped you. Put on that helmet of salvation. Battles are won and lost in the mind. In him you will find peace. You will be healed in Jesus' name. As the band sings, I want to take this opportunity to invite anyone who would like prayer to come and sit at the front or stand, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. How about you allow someone to pray for you, get alongside of you in your valley? If everyone could just bow their heads, close your eyes. Allow God to meet you where you're at. Let Him carry you, just like that footsteps poem. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Let the Holy Spirit remind you of who you are and of whose you are. So if everyone would just like to stand where they are. And if you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit, you can come sit up the front.
I'm just going to let the band worship. Thank you.